Please stand with us and sing. Take us to the river. Take us there in unity to sing songs of your salvation. To win this generation for our King. Song of your forgiveness. For it is with grace that river flows. Take us to the river in the city of our God. Take us to your throne room. Give us ears to hear the cry of heaven, for that cry is mercy. Mercy to the fallen sons of men, mercy has triumphed. Triumphed over judgment by your blood. Take us to the throne room in the city of our God. For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. in the shadow of your hand is your mighty angel who stands astride the ocean and the land in his hand your mercy showers are a giant barren place take us to the mountain in the city of our God for the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. This is the year of the Lord. For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning. It is wonderful to see you all here this morning. And friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning, kiddos. Good morning. Good morning. All right.
exciting. Kiddos, are you guys ready for a children's moment? Yes, are we ready? Okay, we'll come a little bit closer so that you can see. This morning, we are going to read a book. It's a very nice book. I actually think a church member bought me this book a while ago so that I would always have it to read to you because it's an important book. It is called One Special Me. Here we are, One Special Me. And it says it's a book celebrating how God makes us special in our own unique ways. Right here, he says, my skin is kind of pale. I have brown freckles too. I know God made me wonderfully the same way God made you. I like my light brown skin. It shows off my bright clothes. I feel so very special from my head right to my toes. Sometimes my eyes look green and other days they're blue. I use them to help others see the good things they can do. Look at his eyes. Do any of your eyes sometimes look different colors? We were just talking about that the other day in our family. My eyes are big and brown. They're good for spotting stars. And when I wear my glasses, I can almost see to Mars. I can't at all. When God created me, he gave me thick black hair. I wear it braided with some beads when I go anywhere. Yes, it is really wild, but that is just my hair. It makes me who I am, though it may stick out here and there. I like his hair. What do you think? Nice and spiky. I take after my brother. God made me tall and thin, but though we look alike, I'm really nothing like my twin. Let's look at these two twins here. Ah, oh, they have different styles, don't they? God loves me very much. He gave me a small nose. It's great for smelling dinner, yummy cookies, or a rose. My mouth is filled with teeth. Some wiggle and fall out. Have you guys lost any teeth lately? Yeah? No, uh, new ones will take their place, and so I smile and never pout. God made me, gave me hands to serve and arms to hug real tight. When others need some help, I always try to do what's right. Oh, that's a happy mom there getting a hug, isn't she? Mm-hmm. We're none of us the same, but one thing's very true. We're special because God loves us, and guess what? You're special too. And over here it says, I'm special. I praise you because I am amazingly and wonderfully made. And so I want you all to remember that you are all unique, and you are all special, and you are all beautiful, and those who are like you are beautiful and wonderful, and those who are not like you are beautiful and wonderful, because God made all of us. And you know what? God doesn't make mistakes. And so remember that. And now let's stand up and let's say a prayer. Let's pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, and Lord, we ask that you remind us that all of us, whether we are similar or different, we are all wonderfully made in your image. Help us to feel your presence and your love in our lives. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school.
announcements so anybody is welcome to come forward at this time if you have an announcement to make now I do want to make sure that you all see these and this was supposed to be our focus of worship that we all have our stewardship Sunday inserts now we do stewardship differently than any other church for the most part we don't really do much for stewardship but occasionally we like to remind everybody about stewardship but we know that stewardship isn't just money that we give I mean there are some churches that just harp on financial donations and that's not us because stewardship is also the time that we give to our church and the talents that we share with the church. And so those of you who are worshiping online, these were actually set to post at nine o'clock on our church Facebook page. So you'll be able to see your own digital copies of these as well. But what I want us to do is I want everybody to take out one of these and you don't have to return it this week. You can return it next week. These will actually be in your bulletins this week and next week. And I want you to look at everything that's on the back and think about the ways that you give of your time, your talents and your treasures and then whether it's this week or next week or whether it's virtually by submitting an email or replying to a message put this in the offering plate at some point in time within the next couple weeks and what we're actually going to do is we're going to tally up all of the way that our church family our church members and our church family uh, give of their time and their talents and their treasures because together we make up the church and so we will see a wonderful array of all of the things that our church members do so make Make sure to take one of these and to do this and to return it either this week or next week. And then everybody in the pews, there's always these white envelopes. Maybe you do your giving in one of these white envelopes. Well, because of the absolutely terrible tragedy that happened yesterday, there has been a lot of talk about having sending food or sending donations over to the Buffalo Fridge that's right near that Tops Market in Buffalo. So we are going to collect donations today. If you are giving online and you want to make a special donation, just somehow you can write a comment with an online donation, a one-time one that says Buffalo. Anything that comes in here saying Buffalo, we will make sure that it goes to that community that is right now without a grocery store, which they so very much need, and is in complete trauma. And so we are going to make sure that all of our donations this week go they will go over there to the buffalo fridge and we will make sure that that happens and so it, all that you have to do is write buffalo on an envelope and that's exactly where that money will go good morning good morning I just wanted to remind you that our uh, chicken barbecue is this Friday. Uh, today is the last day to buy tickets in person so I will be selling them um, after service in Cook Hall um, as a reminder, the pre-sale ticket price is $14. If you um, want, you can buy them with me today, or you can purchase them online through the end of the day on Thursday. Um, as of Friday, which is the day of the event, they go up to $15. So don't miss out. We are planning to sell out, and we are hoping to see everyone there. And we're also hoping that the weather is like this. So I keep think your, it's supposed to be. Keep yeah. your prayers. 
And then also, if anybody is not getting our church emails, let me know. And maybe some people, it seems like maybe have had their emails go to spam or maybe the email address isn't listed correctly. Uh, Make sure to do that. And I also want to make sure that everybody knows that we did unfortunately have two deaths this past week within our congregation. Millie Dekoff, her husband Bob, passed away. He had a brain tumor, a a cancerous brain tumor that he unfortunately uh, ended up passing away while he was in hospice as they were treating him for that. And then we lost Jeannie Allen, who uh, many of you who have been here for more than 10 years would know Jeannie Allen, and her uh, son actually married Ken and Rosemary Nair's daughter, if I'm correct. Sue, am I naming that correctly? Okay, so I'm putting the families together. Uh, and so these, uh, those of you who are here recently, the, those names might not mean that much to you, but those of you who have been here for many years know those names well. Uh, I often give uh, Ken Nair credit for me being here. He's the one who, when I at first was not going to accept this call, he said, oh, you're breaking my heart, and he kind of smoothed me into accepting this call. So, um, but anyway, so Jeannie Allen, she passed away, and she passed away peacefully, and her, her funeral is on Monday at Wiedekind's Funeral Home at 10 a.m., and there are calling hours tonight from 2 to 4 and from 7 to 9. And so that is that information for you. And now, friends, it is time for us to light this peace candle. And it's always heartbreaking when we light this peace candle and we see exactly why we're lighting this candle. To think of an 18-year-old who should be doing other things that 18-year-olds do, to see an 18-year-old so possessed by white supremacy and racism that they want to go and kill innocent people, it, it breaks our hearts. So as we light this candle, what I want us all to do is I want us to think of the ways that we can also help to make this world a better place. What are ways that we can reach out to others in our community who are different? What are ways that we can help to to stop racism in its track? What are ways that we can help so that 18-year-olds don't become possessed by this terrible uh, mentality of white supremacy? Think about the ways that we can help through the guidance of our Lord to make this world a better place. And if you ever have any God-inspired ideas, share them with me so we can share them with others. And as we light this candle, we pray for peace. We pray for peace in Buffalo. We pray for peace in the world. We pray for peace in our own lives. Let us pray for peace. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord, and we pray for peace. We pray for peace that surpasses all human understanding. We pray for those who are mourning their loved ones right now. We pray for your peace. Give them your peace. Help them to to feel your comfort during this terrible time. For those who are overwhelmed by the fear and the trauma, give them your peace. For those who are being led astray, bring them back to you and give them your peace so that they can find your love and your comfort. Bless us, Lord, with your peace and help us, Lord, to be instruments of your peace in this world. We pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the Prince of Peace. And together we say, Amen. Prepare me to be a sanctuary. 
Please join for the opening litany. The Spirit is coming to bless us all with a new song. Let our joy be complete. Gifts for the good of all poured out on all to teach us a new song. Love one another. Strangers and neighbors, foreigners and family will join in this new song. No longer servants, but friends. Come, let our worship make a joyful noise. Rejoicing in the friendship of God, let us worship. O beloved one, all the ends of the earth marvel at your deeds of power. We feel your presence as growth returning to the countryside. We rejoice as we remember your faithfulness and steadfast love revealed in the risen Christ. Surround us with that faithfulness and steadfast love. Fill us with generosity and courage so that we, we may be called your friends and go forth to befriend your world. In Jesus' name, amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see
reading today comes from the book of Acts, the 11th chapter. And I will tell you that we are reading from the lectionary. It's our lectionary text, as we almost always read from. And I, I still feel as though it, it brings us comfort, even though this is a text that uh, was chosen just by the annual calendar. I feel like it's a text that can bring us comfort on this day. And I also have no idea how anybody continues with, with their lives after a trauma without coming together and worshiping our God, because I find that there is always comfort and there is always peace and there is always answers when we turn to our God. Our God has chosen to guide us. Our God is with us at all times. So when there is heartbreak, when there is trauma, when there are trials, when we come together to worship, that is how we can find peace, but not just peace, but that's also how we can find resolve and guidance from God. And so now, friends, we are going to read from Acts chapter 11. And so in chapter 11, what it really does is it summarizes a lot of what happens in chapter 10. So we kind of get the information from chapter 10 and chapter 11 together, and just so we understand exactly where we are in this biblical story. So the Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. This is telling us about the early church. And in chapter 9, at the beginning of chapter 9, we have Paul's conversion. So we find Paul's conversion in the beginning of the ninth chapter. And then when we get to the end of the ninth chapter, Luke brings Peter into this story and tells us about Peter healing people. Remember Dorcas. You guys remember Dorcas, a.k.a. Tabitha? Uh, and so then we, we read about that. And then in the tenth chapter, after Peter and Paul are ministering, both in different ways, Paul, who had been a Pharisee, feels called to go and to preach to the Gentiles which is a big deal because at this point Christianity is is just a form of Judaism and so when Paul feels called to go and preach to the Gentiles it creates some strife within the early church and especially between say the leaders in Jerusalem like Peter and Paul who is now going out and preaching to all and anyone who wants to hear and so then this event happens in chapter 10 that Peter will relay to us as he's telling it to others and as Luke tells us this story and so we are going to to read about a very important event that happened in the time of the early church. So with all of that said, if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. Starting with chapter 11 from the book of Acts, verses 1 through 18. 
Now the apostles and believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, that's the Jewish believers, criticized Peter saying, why did you go to the uncircumcised, to the Gentiles, to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? And then Peter began to explain it to them step by step saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision and there was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven being lowered by its four corners and it came close to me and as I looked at it closely I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times, and then everything was pulled up again to heaven. And at that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were, and the Spirit told me to go with them and not to make any distinction between them and us. That means these three men were Gentile men. And these six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house, and he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter, and he will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us from the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord and how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same spirit that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could hinder God? And when they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In all of you. 
and stand amazed at your great love. We're changed from glory to glory. know about you, but I needed that song. (laughs) Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you at this time, on this day. Lord, we have hearts that are broken. We are feeling the pain of this community and the surrounding communities. And so, Lord, we come to you. We come to you and we ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So I saw something the other day that looked just like this, and it said that we as followers of Christ, by the way, the first term of uh, the first uh, usage of the word Christian comes up at later on in that 11th chapter. So if you keep reading that 11th chapter that you were just going to read, you're going to find the first time that they use the word Christians. But as Christians, as followers of Christ, this, uh, I enjoyed this saying, and it made me look at it even more this week. It said that we are called to be Christ-like and 
and not biblical. We are uh, called to live in a Christ-like way. We are not called to live in a biblical way. And isn't that a thought that gets us kind of thinking? Because this Bible, I'll tell you, I love the Bible more than I love anything that's not a human or a dog in this entire world. It might sound odd to some people, but I love this book so much. It helps, it guides me, it, it serves me in so many ways. It leads me. I sometimes love the game when I just open it up and I read something and that reading that I read, it blesses me. It's the only thing that I read every single day. It's the only thing, aside from the Wordle, which I confess I do do every day now, it's the only thing besides the Wordle that I do every day, aside from maybe like telling my family that I love them and blessing my kids at the end of the day and all of that. I love our Bible so very much. It is the greatest tool that we have. So with what I'm about to say, don't assume that I do not love our Bible because I love it so very much. Our Bible is such an amazing tool. It is an eye-opening tool. It is a life-changing tool because you know what our Bible teaches us? Our Bible teaches us about Jesus. Our Bible teaches us about our God and the history of people who have followed God in such tremendous ways. But I want us to think about this. We are called to be Christ-like and not biblical because there are some people that will take this beloved book and they'll hit it over people's heads. You know what I'm talking about? There are people who want to be biblical, but they don't always know exactly what that means. But we aren't called to be biblical in the way that we live our lives. We are called to be like who? Christ. We are called to be Christ-like. Here's just a couple of examples. In the Old Testament, it was biblical. This is terrible, but it was biblical for a judge of Israel to say that an angel of God came to them and told them that they needed to kill all men, women, and children in a nearby village. That was biblical. And yet, look at what Jesus teaches us. If we don't want to be biblical, but we want to be Christ-like, look at what Jesus teaches us. Jesus teaches us that it would be better for us to tie a milestone around our neck and to drown drown ourselves in the sea than it would be for us to put a stumbling block in front of a little one. Compare those things. Jesus values the lives of the little ones, and, and sometimes that's even like young ones in faith, more than anything. And in biblical times, this is an interesting thing, in biblical times, a woman was deemed unclean once a month. She was deemed unclean during her time of the month, and when she was deemed unclean, she was not allowed to interact with anybody who was clean. You couldn't even sit in the seat that she had sat. They had to go off on their own, the women during their time of the month. But Jesus, when he comes in contact with a woman who's been bleeding for years, he touches her. He doesn't stay away from her, but he touches her and he heals her. In biblical times, it was lawful for someone to stone a person to death if they were caught in the act of adultery. But what does Jesus do when the Pharisees bring to him somebody who is caught in the act of adultery? He takes a stick and he draws a circle around her in the stand. And what does he say? He says, let he who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. The laws of Moses were biblical, and I'm not just talking about the Ten Commandments. Do you know that Moses came up with 603 other laws in addition to the Ten Commandments? Plus, there's other things in the Old Testament as well. Moses, he he had so many laws that were helpful to people thousands of years ago. 
But we, we're not called to live a biblical life that's based on all of those laws. The Ten Commandments, those ones are keepers. I, I, I think, especially, I really like the, uh, you know, obey your mother and father one. I, I'm starting to like that one more as time goes on. But the Ten Commandments are good ones. But those other 603 ones, those don't necessarily apply to us today. And even Jesus himself broke some of those laws. And then he said that the law, the meaning of the law, the heart of the law is summed up in what? love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This Bible that I hope you read regularly, maybe every day, at least a couple times a week, at least once a week. I really hope you get your hands on one of these if you don't already. Uh, The Bible is such a beloved tool, but we as followers of Christ, we're not called to be biblical. I think that people who say that they want to live a biblical life don't really know what that means. We're not called to be biblical, but we are called to be Christ-like. We are called to be followers of Christ. Anybody here want to be a follower of Christ? Yeah, I love Bob's hands like shoots up. He is so excited to put that hand in the air. I love that. Yes, we are called to be followers of Christ. And Peter knew this. Peter understood this, but still he struggled with it because Peter, he's just like us. He's a little slow with things sometimes. Anybody else ever a little bit slow to understand things sometimes? Yeah, sometimes a little slow to wrap your your head around something. I am. And so Peter, he was just like us. And so he understood all the ways that Jesus interacted with those who were deemed unclean. He understood all the ways that Jesus challenged him to go through Samaria instead of walking around. He understood all of that. And yet still, Peter was a Jewish man. And he was not about to go out into the world and to start interacting with Gentiles because, do you know, Gentiles were deemed what? Unclean. He was not about to go out and to interact with the Gentiles. But then Paul has his conversion experience. Saul turned Paul, has his conversion experience, and Saul was a Pharisee. So when Paul becomes an apostle, when he becomes a follower of Jesus, he feels his calling from God is to go out and to preach to who? The Gentiles. He feels called to go out and to preach to the Gentiles. And at first, Peter didn't understand this. Not only did he not understand this, but he and the other apostles didn't like it at all. They had no desire to go out and to interact with the Gentiles. They had no desire to go and to be with people who were unclean. They had no desire to go and to talk with people and to be with people who were unclean. And then one day, I love this, one day, Peter, he's just minding his own business in a moment of prayer, trying to be as righteous as he could, and he's sitting there, and then suddenly he falls into this trance. It's like it's not fully a dream. It's something outside of a dream. He falls into this trance, and in this trance, this sheet is lowered in front of him. And as this sheet is lowered in front of him, it's full of all unclean animals, animals that the Israelites, that the Jewish people are not supposed to eat. It lowers in front of him full of all the unclean animals. And then a voice says to Peter, get up, kill and eat. And Peter is like, no way, no how. I don't care if this voice is coming from heaven. I'm not going to do it. I will never eat anything that is unclean. This happens again. And then you notice it happens again. And then it happens again until finally Peter starts to understand what God is saying. And God says, do not call 
profane what I have made clean. Do not call unclean or profane what I have made clean. And Peter understood. He was a little slow, but he got to it. And just like us, I can be a little slow, but eventually I usually get to the point. You know, he, he finally understood that God wasn't talking to him about the animals that he was eating. God was talking to him about the people. Don't call people unclean. Don't call people profane. Don't be afraid to, to interact with people who others deem unclean. Don't be like that. Don't call those unclean that God has in fact made clean. And I love this because it's like Peter is realizing he's walking through the struggle of the difference between being biblical and being Christ-like. He was a Jewish man. It was hard for him to let go of all those biblical laws. Remember 613 laws of Moses if we include the Ten Commandments. He's followed those laws his whole entire life. It's hard for him to let go of that biblical nature from his Old Testament. But he realizes that he has to let go. He has to loosen his grip on some of that and in order to be more Christ-like. And I love this text. I will tell you that these chapters in the book of Acts are absolutely brilliant texts. I love these texts so much because these texts tell us and challenge us that we as the church, by the way, who's the church? We are, us people. We are the church. As the church, we are called to include and not exclude as the church, we are called to love and not to hate. As the church, we are called to forgive, not hold a, hold a grudge or seek vengeance. As the church, we are called to include. We are never called to deem others unclean or profane. Sorry, I've got a tickle in my throat there. And I was just thinking about this this week, and especially thinking about it more last night. The world needs us to be followers of Christ. I want you to, this is, I mean this, I wish I could see everybody who's watching online too. The world needs all of us to be followers of Christ. Do you know how much the world needs followers of Christ right now? Let's just think about it. An 18-year-old was so led astray. He didn't have enough people in his life that were actual followers of Christ. Maybe he had some people who were biblical. Who knows? Maybe he was just sucked into that nasty online world of nastiness. Well, we don't know how this happened. But there was an 18-year-old who did not have enough followers of Christ in his life to teach him right from wrong. There was somebody who did not have enough followers of Christ in his life who are devoted to being Christ followers to teach him that God made us all uniquely and in a diversity of rays, that God made us all regardless of, of the color of our skin, that God made us all beautifully and wonderfully made. He did not have enough followers of Christ in his life to teach him right from wrong, to teach him that, that white supremacy is, is an evil thing. That's not what we should ever want. That racism, it's not good. It's terrible. It needs to go away forever. He did not have enough followers of Christ in his life. That's where we come into play. We are called to be followers of Christ. We are called to include like Peter was called to do. 
We are called to bring others in to the church, to not just into the church building, but into the realm of Christ. We are called to love and to bless. Do you know if you open up your Gospel of John text, that's where uh, the other text for this week in the Gospel of John, that's where Jesus says, I've given you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. We are called to be followers of Christ. And followers of Christ don't look like everybody else in this world. Here's what followers of Christ don't do. Followers of Christ don't let hate in their hearts. (laughs) Followers of Christ don't let judgment take over their thoughts. Followers of Christ do not let others around them get led astray like that 18-year-old. We are called to be followers of Christ and we need more followers of Christ in this world. Just imagine if everybody who's heartbroken right now got their butts into church this morning and decided to follow Christ and to make a difference in this world, to love, I don't care what the other person looks like. I don't care if they speak a different language. I don't care if they worship God in a different way that we do. We are called to what? To love them. We are called to love them. I love this, so. So here, I'm going to tell you this story. It's an old story, and I've told most any of you guys who have been here longer than two years, you've heard it before, but I'm going to tell you it again. There's a story. It comes from this uh, Talmudic uh, Hillel uh, text, and it's inspired by it. And I learned it from Philip Cochran, who's a Jesuit priest. But it's a story that I'm going to tell you again because I think that the message of it is so important, especially for this day. So there's a man who he walks into a town and he only has a suitcase with his belongings in his hand and he walks into, into a town and he walks into the center of the town and he looks up at the tops of the buildings and he points his finger in the air and he starts to spin and he spins and he spins and he spins and he spins until finally he sees a steeple and he points at that steeple and he starts walking towards that steeple and he walks to that steeple and he gets to the front of the church and he knocks on the door of the church and then he asks to meet with the pastor and then the pastor lets him in and he sits and the pastor sits down and invites him to sit but instead the man holding his suitcase in his hand he says i am or i am moving here to this town and i am ready to move here and to join your church but all that i need you to do is to tell me all about your faith the entirety of your faith while i stand here on one foot And the pastor looked at him and thought that he was maybe not quite all too well. And so the pastor invited him to leave the church. And so the man, he went back to the center of town and he walked his way back to the center of town. And again, he did the same thing. He put his finger in the air and started spinning around until he found another steeple. And he pointed at that steeple and then he started to walk. And again, he walked all that way to that steeple. And then he knocked on the front of the church and asked to talk to the pastor. And then they they invited him in, and the pastor again said, yeah, what can I do for you? And again, this young man, he stood there with his suitcase in hand, standing on one foot, and he goes, I'm ready to move to this town and to move to this church, but I need you to tell me about the entirety of your faith while I stand on one foot. This pastor again thought, okay, this, this person needs to go get some help. And so they escorted that young man out of the church and then finally went back to the center of town, did the same thing, and then found another steeple. And he started to walk towards that steeple, knocked on that door, asked to talk to the pastor, and an older pastor answered the door. And the older pastor invited him in. And then the older pastor took a seat. And the man again stood on the one foot, said, I, I want you to tell me the entirety of your faith while I stand on one foot. And the older, pastor, the older retired pastor says, oh, that's easy, child. Love God. Love others. 
love yourself. The rest is just commentary. Love God. Love others. Love yourself. The rest is just commentary. We are not called to be biblical. We are called to use that Bible as a tool, and it is an awesome tool, and we are called to study it and to learn from it, and believe me, we can learn so much. We are called to find Jesus in the text of the Bible. But we are not called to be biblical. We are never called to be hateful. We are never called to be judgmental. We are never called to be full of vengeance or rage. That's not our call. Our call is to be like who? Jesus. Jesus. We are called to be Christ-like. So as Christ-like people, let's take it upon ourselves to be such active followers of Christ that they know that we are Christians by our love. Let them know that we are Christians by our love. Peter learned to be inclusive. Peter learned to be more Christ-like, and we can too. And this world needs us to be Christ-like. This world needs Jesus so much. And you know who gets to bring Jesus to this world? Point to yourself. We do. Let's be Christ-like. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we come to you on this heartbreaking day. We pray for the families in Buffalo who are missing their loved ones today. We pray for those who are scared. We pray for those who are traumatized. We pray for those who no longer have as much access to healthy food. We pray, Lord, for this community. And Lord, we pray even for those whose hearts are getting steered in the wrong direction, for those who are turning to the evils of white supremacy or the evils of racism, for those who are turning towards those evils, lead them back to you. Let us help lead them back to you. Let them find your grace and your peace so that they can choose a better, more loving path. Lord, we pray and we lift up all of our fears, all of our anxieties. We lift it all up to you. And we ask that you bless us with your peace and your love. And we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is time for our tithes and offerings.
give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Savior, I come, I hit my soul. Remember, redemption's here where your blood was spilled for my Everything I want I'll be I count it all as lost Lead me to the cross where your love poured out Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down Pick me up myself, I belong to you Oh, lead me blessing of Christ. Go forth with the love of Christ in your heart. Go forth and be Christ-like. Amen.